You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Come with me in your Bibles to... Uh, but, you know, why the conference, the, com- the Emerge Conference is for the men. The call to Emerge is for everybody. It's for all people. It's for all people. God, God has called all of us to emerge. Emerge basically meaning to step out from behind something and to be seen. How many of us know that God has called us to be lights in this world, that we don't hide, but we're stepping out and we're seen. And so we are called to emerge. We're called to step out. And it's a continuous thing in our lives. When Paul talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling, it's this constant emerging, this constant stepping out. Our spiritual life begins with emerging. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says that, that he, has, he, God, has brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the Son of His love. That starting right out from the beginning, we emerge out of a place. And from there, we see in Scripture, we go from glory to glory to glory. How do we do that? We go by faith, with courage. We continue to step. It's always a position that we step into, and then it's our person that gets transformed. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed. So kind of holding the line, just staying in a pattern. Don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It wasn't until Heather and I stepped out, stepped out into a new position, into a new place, that we began to experience new ways of thinking, hearing a new language, hearing a new... See, we, I grew up as a believer. I grew up as a Christian. But, it, but, it, but I didn't grow up in a spirit-filled um, Spirit-filled, but a spirit-filled, you know, denomination, I'll say it that way. Um, but but at, at, at a point back about seven years ago, 2015, we were, we were just blown away by the Holy Spirit in our home. It changed everything for us, and we stepped out. We had to have the courage to step out, and when we changed the position we were in, we began to see transformation in the people, in the person of us. So the Bible says, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're a church of transformation in this place. Something I love about Awakens, that we are a church of transformation, and so... I'm just encouraging you right now that uh, get ready because Emerge, if anything, for so many of you men is going to shake some things up. We're going to find ourselves stirred up and ready to step out. So, you know, we say uh, Israel, God had to take Israel out of Egypt before he could begin the process of getting Egypt out of, out of Israel. So we change our position a person's not going to change. So I'm just going to declare courage tonight, faith over each person in this place tonight. Amen, amen. Um, all right. So just praying through what I wanted to uh, speak about tonight and where the Holy Spirit was leading me. And uh, I thought 
what better story can there be from the Bible when it comes to emerging than the story of David and uh, specifically the story of David and Goliath. And I kind of had this momentary thought where I'm like, but Lord, everyone knows that story. It's so familiar. I feel like I'm really going to be preaching David and Goliath. But how many of us know that the Word of God is always fresh, that, that there's always something to be seen, there's always something to be brought out of it. And so as I began to, you know, study through this chapter, there were some things that God revealed to me. And I want to touch on a few points in this, specifically four points. And my hope is that it's going to minister to you, encourage you tonight, and maybe see something that you haven't seen, encourage you to go back in and possibly read over it for yourself and discover some of the beautiful truths in that. We know that in the New Testament, um, Apostle Paul writes that the... uh, that the stories that come out of the Old Testament are giving as examples for us. That they're things that should have an impact and show a model of how we're to live, how we're to think, how we're to act, what, what to do and what to not do. And so we don't take these things lightly and we see that uh, there's a lot in this story as we go through it. Now it's about 60 verses, so I'm not going to sit, I'm not going to stand and read 1 through to verse 58, 59. I don't have that kind of time tonight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start, I'm just going to read through a few verses. I'm probably going to jump over, you know, over a few things, to sort of jump back and forth between, but just follow along. Um, but starting in verse 1, and I want, you to, I want you to see something here as we're reading. We always think of this story as David and Goliath, but what I want to point out tonight, I want us to think a little bit more in terms of David and Saul. I want to talk about two mindsets that we see in this chapter. A mindset of faith and courage and a mindset of fear. So just bear that in mind as we go through and uh, follow along. By the way, the, the, I don't know if it's been up on the screen, but the title of my message tonight is Armed and Dangerous. Armed and Dangerous. Yeah. There's some armed and dangerous people in this place tonight. And I believe that by the end of the night, everyone is going to know that we are armed and that we are dangerous. Come on. Hallelujah. All right, starting in verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Sokoth, which belongs to Judah. And they encamped between Sokoth and Azekah in Ephes Damin. I was always told to just... Read these words confidently and no one's going to question them. So. <clears throat> and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. I want to jump to verse 16. So now we're talking about Goliath, who's stepping out from the Philistines to challenge. It says, And the Philistines drew near, and, and the Philistine, Goliath, sorry, drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Down in verse 21, it says, And coming out of 20, I'll just touch on 20, it said, David came to the camp, and as the army was going out to fight, out to the fight and shouting for the battle, Right? So David came to camp as the army was going out to fight and shout for the battle. It says in 21, For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array 
army against army. What I want you to get a picture of is that there's this constant drawing up and forming a line, dressed up, geared up, but not stepping out. Can anyone say conformity? Do not conform. See, 40 days they had come, they had dressed, they had shouted, they had stood in line. And because their king was fearful, the fear spread through the camp and no one was stepping out. No one was emerging, emerging. See, the enemy, I'll just say this, he doesn't care if we dress up nice and come to church every Sunday. He actually doesn't care if we honestly have a Bible on our coffee table at home or or Bible verses on the walls of our house. What he doesn't want us to do is to actively engage in the battle. My first point is we are to actively engage. Actively engage. See, um, when I... When I was going through my, my church life prior to coming to, to Awaken, I, 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 don't, I never really actively engaged the battle because, to be honest, I didn't understand what the battle was. I knew there was a devil. I knew there was an enemy. But I didn't understand his tactics and his methods because I wasn't seeing through spiritual eyes to, to, to see what battles were at hand, to see what I was supposed to be actively engaging. I didn't, I didn't know anything about a spirit of religion. I didn't know anything about a spirit of poverty, a, a spirit of lack. I didn't know about a, a, a spirit of, of, you know, um, uh, just any, any of the things that we talk about and we discuss uh, in the spiritual sense. I wasn't aware of those things. So for me, I was just kind of drawing up to the line, knowing that I was supposed to be a part of this 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 battle we were people of God but we weren't actively engaging because we didn't see the enemy correctly didn't understand it but we're called to actively engage in the battle um you know the thing is this is not a training ground we're not we're not in a training ground there's a real enemy there's a real battle to be fought. I think it's become more evident now than it has in a long time in this country. But, but there's a battle to be fought, and we are not in a training ground. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, I believe it is. Sorry to find my place here. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 26, he talks about the fight. And he says, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. He doesn't fight as a, like a shadow boxer. When, 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 when someone's beating the air, when they're shadow boxing, they're training. They're on a, they're on a training scenario. They're on a training ground and they're, they're practicing. But Paul says, I don't fight like that. I don't fight like a shadow boxer. I don't just beat the air because there's a real, uh, there's a real enemy that I engage with. And so that when I fight, I fight with mighty weapons, mighty for the pulling down of strongholds and every lofty thing that exalts itself against God. There's an active engagement that we take in battle. Why? Because my second point, we have an adversary. There's an enemy. There's an enemy. Whether you know it or not, you have an enemy. The Bible tells us that your adversary in 1 Peter chapter 5 goes about like a roaring lion. We have an enemy. 
So in verse uh, 4 onwards it says, and, and we're going to have a look at the enemy in this passage. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze and he had bronze armor on his legs and he had bronze, a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. And he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you are the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words, the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. What a description. What a description of of the adversary, of the giant, of the enemy. Goliath's presence made every man fearful, caused every man to cower. And I do love, I love, I just want to say, I love that, that, that the Bible goes into description about this giant. You know, I, I know that it's in a different kind of language of, of height and weight, but basically he's almost 10 foot tall. The guy's an absolute giant. And the Bible goes into great description of this giant. He was an impressive being. Impressive being. His stature, his, 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 the weapons he had, the armor that he wore. But what I love about that is that, see, God doesn't ignore the giants. God, God doesn't ignore the mountains. He doesn't ignore the storms pretend like they're not there no he 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 goes into the storms he points out the giants he even lets them sound impressive because there's one thing that we have to remember that no matter how big the giant is no matter how big the mountain is no matter how great the storm our God is bigger amen yeah and so we see these descriptions you know Jesus when he was uh, in the boat with the disciples and the storm came up and it was blowing. He, he was asleep and then he, they, they woke him up fearful. Jesus didn't say to the disciples, what storm are you talking about? What storm? Let's just, let's just cancel the storm tonight. He didn't know. He, he looked at the storm. He looked into the storm and he declared, peace, be still. And it was stilled. God, God sees your mountains. God sees the giants in your life. God sees the storm and he doesn't ignore those storms. But guess what? Greater is he who is in you than any storm, than any giant, and than any mountain. And he's given you what you need to face that and to bring it down to its knees before the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. You know, the enemy works, the adversary works in a lot of different ways. And in David's situation here, there was Goliath who presented himself, who, who came and spoke, uh, you know, came out and, and defied the armies of God. But you also see the adversary in David's, in this situation, David's situation here, when you go over to verse 28, and it comes out of his own family. 
See, adversary is going to come against us when we're stepping out, when we're taking ground. It's going to come against us because the last thing the enemy wants us to do is to be a men, men and women who will emerge, who will have courage, who will step out in faith. He doesn't mind you showing up, rocking up, looking good, but he doesn't want you to step out. So when David decides, I'm going to step out, suddenly he comes against some resistance. Anyone here ever felt that resistance as you've stepped out, as you've gone with, yeah, amen. You know, something, and this might be a tough word, but I'm going to say it, that for, those, for, for, for people often that say, well, I've never felt resistance. I've never felt the pushback from the enemy. And maybe it's because you've both gone in the same direction. So... So he was feeling the pushback because he saw what had to be done and he was stepping out. So immediately his brother, can anyone say projection? Right, so read what, read what his older brother says. He says, when he heard David speak, and this is in verse 28, now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David and he said, why did you come down here and with whom have you left those few sheep? Now he had, had someone take care of the sheep while he left, by the way. I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Pride and insolence. I think someone had a, little, had a couple issues when he didn't get anointed and his little brother had to be pulled out of the, the field and had the oil put. Someone, someone harbored a little bit of bitterness there, right? Projection. Projection. But David didn't let that get him down, Okay. The next adversary that he came across, and we go down to verse uh, 33, it was from the king himself, the cowering king. And so Saul looks at David when David says, hey, I'm going to go out and fight this giant. Saul says to him in verse 33, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you're a youth and he a man of war from his youth. He's a man of war from his youth. But the thing is, David wasn't looking at this situation from a mindset of fear. He didn't care about the giant. He was coming into this with a faith-filled mindset, with courage. Faith-filled. And so his reply shows that. He says, when the bear came my way, grabbed it, killed it, lion, killed that he was a faith that's the language of faith it's remembering it's remembering the things that God has done those things that when we remember those things it, it, it helps us and it, it propels us into the next into the next mission into the next assignment the next thing that we step into but how many of us know that fear fear will, will, will completely cause you to forget fear causes us to forget it causes us to become irrational don't have time to get into it, but we, we see that all throughout the scripture where fear causes forgetfulness, but David didn't forget. You know, I, for me in my life, and I, I want to be a little transparent, I, um, when I was in high school, and these are pretty vulnerable years of my life, so from ninth to 11th grade, um, the enemy did his best to I believe, destroy me, destroy my heart. Um, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was bullied pretty, um, yeah, I was bullied by some of the uh, more popular guys in the school. And um, I guess 
some, and I don't want to, you know, make it sound, but like being a Christian, you're different. You don't get involved in certain things. And so, um, you know, I would, I would have, you know, be on the bus and have rocks thrown into my head. I would see my name slandered over things in the school, um, things that I couldn't repeat in church. And, uh, and it was, it was a hard couple years. And every day I'd find myself sitting in the library because I didn't want to be out on the field at lunch because I'd get surrounded and, you know, um, and so I'd be in the library, and I felt like, "What am I doing here? I'm, I'm, I'm not who I'm not me." And the enemy constantly was, the enemy was trying to break me down, break me down, break me down. And so while this was going on, at the same time, I there was a twelfth grader that I was kind of stuck in hospital with, and it so happens that his dad was my football coach, and he was in the bed opposite me, and he had overdosed on drugs, and. He, he flipped out and he thought I was involved in some sort of conspiracy. So he actually came back to school and started threatening to kill me. So I'm dealing with this whole group of guys. And then, and then this guy, Michael Ford, telling me that I'm going to kill you. You know what's coming, Mulch. You know what's coming. And so all this time, I was just in this state of feeling like, feeling pathetic, feeling like nothing. Worthless and, 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 and silenced. But like David, I mean, God got me through those moments. And I believe that what the enemy, and we have these moments, and it's important for us to look back that I got through these moments and see what the enemy meant to destroy me, to, 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 to bring me down and to silence my voice. God used that to make me stronger. God used that to give me a platform and a voice. And so by faith, I can look back and remember what he's done in my life. And it gives me the, the courage and the faith to step out and do the things that He is calling us to do. We need courage and we need faith. And we need to remember that God will always get us through it. And if we haven't got it through it yet, where there's victory on the other side, He will get us through. See, by all rights, I shouldn't be standing on this platform and speaking. I should surely not be playing a guitar and singing in front of you guys most Sundays. Because the enemy's intention, but who cares what the enemy's trying to do when our God is greater than the giants, when our God is greater than the mountains and greater than the storms. See, we, it's good to have people that believe in us. But there are times that it doesn't matter what people, it, it doesn't matter what people believe or who believes in us. What matters is who we're believing in. And I'm, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to jump to my next point. And that is, and I'll just be really quick with this, is that we have, we have an assignment. So we're act, we are to actively engage. We have an adversary. We have an assignment. And so Saul was too fearful to fulfill his assignment. He led a life filled by fear. I'm going to encourage you tonight that that's not the life you want to live. When Saul was brought out to be presented as the next king, they couldn't find him because he was fearfully hiding in the equipment shed of his father, on his father's property. When he was supposed to have killed Agag and sacrificed everything to God, he didn't do that. because And his, and his reason for that was he said to Samuel the prophet, well, I feared the people. And now here he is in a tent fearing the giant. He led a life of fear. He led a life of fear, so he never fulfilled his assignment. So he was replaced by David. David led a life of courage and he fulfilled his assignments. His initial assignment maybe didn't seem as significant, but to be a shepherd and carefully watch his father's sheep, he fulfilled that. 
And then he was sent on a smaller assignment where his father told him to take cheese and bread and give it to his brothers. Give it to, he was the first charcuterie delivery boy. So, and he did that faithfully. It wasn't beneath him, even though he was anointed as king, right? He did that faithfully. But what that led to was the great assignment in this passage, the facing off of the giant. See, we do that. We, we, so here's, here's a little insight, just two things when it comes to assignments. How do we know what our assignments are? Well, one of the things is that we obey the word. So we do what we know is right. We obey the word. Honor your father and mother. All right, dad, you told me to go there. I'll go and do that. Simple things. Obedience. It's, it's, it's simple, right? But the second is that if you want to know what the assignment is when things arise, we have to know the heart of the father. We have to learn to love what God loves, to hate what God hates, to not tolerate the things that God wouldn't want us to tolerate, to be jealous for the things that God is jealous for. And the assignments will come up, I tell you, because for some of us, we might not see the assignment until we learn to, to, until we get intimate with God and we get into His Word and we're intimate with Him, then we begin to see the way God sees. Suddenly you begin to go, man, why am I tolerating that in my life? Why do I tolerate that in my marriage? Why do I tolerate that in my workspace, in my relationships, in my ministry? You know what? When you begin to see with the heart of the Father, the assignment becomes clear. Jesus, I don't, I don't know that he woke up that morning planning to do what he did, but when he arrived at the temple, you know, so many had just been passing in and out of the temple, constantly doing their thing. But when he arrived, he arrived with the heart of the Father. And what he saw caused him to become jealous for the house of the Lord. And he went into action, turning over tables, getting all of the trades, you know, the people that were doing trade and, and defiling the house of the Lord. He said, my father's house is a house of prayer. The assignment was clear because he knew the father's heart. I'm going to encourage you to get intimate with God, to learn to, why, does, why do we as a church stand in the places that we stand? Why do we support what we support? Because we have intimacy in this church. We push in towards God. We know the heart of the Father and the assignments become clear. The assignments become clear. We don't want to tolerate what God doesn't want us to tolerate. The final thing that I want to say in the last couple of minutes is that we are already able. My final point, we are already able. When David came before Saul, the first thing that Saul wanted to do, the first thing the adversary wanted to do, wants to do is, to, is to make us look a certain way, to, to conform to a certain way, saying that, hey, you, you, you're not ready, you're not able to fulfill this assignment unless you look this way, can talk this way, can minister this way, can act this way. So what we see is David comes into Saul's tent and, and, and you know, I'm going to have to go through this pretty quickly. But in verse 38, it says, Saul tried to clothe David with the king's armor, but it, but it didn't take. It's funny because David was anointed to be king. But it wasn't that day. It wasn't in that moment. David wasn't looking for a guy that would look like a king and act like a... God wasn't looking for a guy that would look like a king and act like a king to take that giant down. He was looking for a man of faith, a woman of faith, anyone of faith that would stand out in courage. And I'm going to tell you tonight that God has a calling, He has an assignment on your life. He has a purpose for your life. 
But every giant that you have in your life right now, every mountain, every storm that's in your life right now, He has equipped you. He has made you able to take that down, to move that. That you lack nothing. That you lack nothing. There's not a single giant in your life that you can't take down right now. God used David just the way he was. A shepherd boy. No armor. No kingly gear. And there's a time that David will put on the armor of a king. That he would wear that and he would kill his tens of thousands. But it wasn't that day. God used him just the way he was. So David went down to the stream. And he picked up five stones out of the stream. And he put them in his sling. The word of God tells us that. We as the bride of Christ are being washed by the water of His Word. Those five stones that He picked up were smooth by the stream. He didn't just go to a random place and grab any old rocks. Because any old rocks wouldn't do. They had to be a certain processed rock. Processed by the water. I'm going to encourage you tonight that you get the Word of God into your heart. You meditate on it. You let it process in your life. And the water, the washing of the Word is going to process something in you. It's going to build. It's going to develop something in you in the way that you, you think and you see. And so when the time comes, and the time might even be tonight, we need it. But when the time comes, you release. Like David released with saying, you release those stones. You release that Word. And the giant will fall. The giant will fall. You are already able. You're already able. I just want to encourage you in that tonight, that as He calls us to emerge, He gives us everything we need to fulfill that assignment, that assignment. So I want you all to stand with me tonight. I just want to pray over some people tonight. And I believe that, because this happens to so many of us, I believe there are people here tonight in this place that have have come to allow the enemy to to cause them to kind of conform and to and to just accept that maybe this is the way it's going to be maybe this is this sickness is just the way it's going to be maybe the letdown of not getting the jobs that I want are just the way it is maybe my financials are just the way they are but I believe that God wants to do a powerful thing in this place and He wants to shift us into understanding and seeing His heart and have a revelation of what He wants in our lives, in your life. To not tolerate these things. And I believe that tonight's a night where we're going to step in courage. And the things that maybe we've been tolerating, maybe we've been tolerating them in our marriages, in relationships, but we're not going to tolerate them anymore. So I want to pray over you. If you if that's if you feel like there's been any conformity, any toleration of these things and you're just downright sick of it and we're going to bring, we want to move those things tonight, then I want you to take the first step of courage. And I'm going to ask you to just step out of your, your seats and to come down the front. I want to pray over you tonight. I want to pray over everyone that just wants to see these things move. So by all means, take that first step. Remember we change the position and God begins to transform the person us thank you Lord for these people that are emerging these people that are stepping out for the courage for the courage Lord God tonight we, we, you see that I see you smiling down on these people your favour upon them Lord we thank you
Thank you that they are armed and dangerous. You've given them everything they need to be overcomers. Your Word declares that they have overcome in Christ Jesus. Before I pray for these, these people, I want to just ask that there may be some of you, and maybe you've already come down the front, but some of you even in the back that have yet to come into a relationship with our Almighty God, with the, with the one who came and triumphed on your behalf, who gave himself, who went to the cross, who conquered sin and death, who moved that mountain, that giant, that storm on your behalf. If that's where you find yourself tonight or you're not even sure, I just want to ask you to take courage, (laughs) to take your first step. I want to invite you into the family of God. Invite you into the calling that He's placed upon your life. He has a purpose for you and He has a plan tonight. And now's the best time to begin on that journey. So just ask you to raise your hand. So I can pray over you if that's where you are tonight, if you want to come into that relationship. God is the God that makes all things new. All things new. So good. So good. Lord, I thank you so much for those who have come forward, for the hands raised. God, I thank you for the mighty work that you have done on their behalf, that you have made a way already, Lord God, that you are the victor. And so for each person standing before me, Lord God, they stand in victory, Lord God. And wherever they are in the process right now, Lord, wherever they are in the process, I thank you that you have destined them for victory. That God, your word is unfailing that your promises are sure. And I just declare release of revelation of your word, Holy Spirit, over my brothers and sisters in this place tonight. God, Holy Spirit, I thank you. Just imparting your presence, your power, your ministry in them. And Father, the, the, the word that I've spoken, I pray for, for those smooth stones, Lord God, to be reloaded back into their hearts back into their minds, Lord God, ready to be released, to take down the giants that they're facing, Lord God. Greater is He who is in you than he who's in the world. And we believe, we're believing right now for every giant to fall, for every mountain to move, for every storm to be stilled. God, I just install faith, Lord God. I impart faith, I impart hope into hearts here in this place tonight. The lion heart, Lord God. I thank you for the courage to step forward, Lord God. To step out, to not conform, but to be transformed. Lord, we give you the glory in this place. We give you the praise in this place. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful to complete everything that you have begun. So we give you praise and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.